0: Hey, can I steal your idea? I'm not in this situation where I can give away 100% of my revenue, but would you mind if I stole your idea and gave away 25% of my revenue?
1: Do you ever feel like you're stuck in the rat race? Deep inside, you know that you're capable of so much more. You dream of breaking the chains of your nine to five and starting your own business, but how can you do it? That's the big question. This podcast is here to give you the answers. Join me for a behind-the-scenes view of the ups and downs as I build my online business from scratch. My name is Paxton Hare, and welcome to Escape 925. Today's guest is Michael Denich. Michael is the founder and chief content creator over at Your Money Geek, where he talks about all topics about geeks and financial advice. Hey, Michael, welcome to the show. Oh, um, thanks for having me. Yeah, uh, you know, I'm... I got your name from uh, Steve Adcock, who was previously on the show. And he said that, yeah, Paxton, you absolutely have to talk to Michael. So I reached out and here we are. Oh, great. I appreciate that. Yeah. And so you run a blog called Your Money Geek. And uh, from uh, what we said before we started recording, uh, you, you mentioned that you just left your uh, your job last year. Can you tell me a little bit about uh, leaving
0: your job and, and, and uh, running the blog? Yes, absolutely. So I founded uh, Your Money Geek about two years ago. Um, I, I didn't know anything about blogging whatsoever. And um, I was a financial advisor and a company had hired uh, or had you know, talked me into hiring them to run a blog to promote my financial planning practice. And I was like, well, what's a blog? And they're like, don't worry about it. We'll do everything and you'll get a bunch of clients from it. So, you know, I hired them, they wrote a couple articles and I said, I want to see the articles before you publish them. So they would send me over some blog posts and I started looking at them and I said, you know, you're not going to put this out of my name. This just doesn't sound like me. This isn't the type of things I believe in. So I kind of took over uh, writing a blog post. I'm like, I think I can do this. So I wrote a blog post and published it. And then I expected like to become like the next Dave Ramsey, like just fame and fortune and everything would be, you know, would would follow me and nobody showed up. So I started doing a little bit of research online about blogging and how to get people in the blogging, you know, show up to your blog. And I just kind of fell in love with the idea of having a blog and the blog side hustle. So I was running, you know, my financial planning practice during the day and then like rushing home from work to write a blog post and work on the blog and grow the blog. And eventually I got to the point where, the blog was doing pretty well, and I was also equally kind of frustrated with my day job, and so I just kind of said, "Hey, you know what? I'm gonna make a go at blogging full time." And I left the office and said, "I'm not coming back." And and everyone kind of was like, "Yeah, you're gonna be back," and I never <laughs> went back. Wow. wow, that's fantastic, man! Uh,
1: congratulations. Thank you. What, so the uh, you mentioned that there was this company. You had hired to uh, to write the first couple blog posts. Did they ever even publish one at all, or were you like no way from the get go?
0: Uh, they had published uh, like three or four, but I, I took them th- immediately down. I gotcha. Uh, they're not even on the blog anymore. There were like five hundred words and just silly fluff that just you know wasn't anything that I could get behind or I thought was very insightful. It was probably what like the keyword keyword stuff so they could just get Google the indexer site and
1: maybe drive some traffic based on some,
0: you know. You know, now that I have a little bit of an understanding of SEO, like looking back, I don't even think that they would have done They would have done that. <laughs> you know, they were just like, it was like one was like 10 states to retire in that are cheap and it was just like a little 500 word listicle that I, I don't think was gonna do anybody any good other yeah. than separate me from my money and, <laughs> you know, help them escape their nine to five. Right, exactly. <laughs> you
1: now, when you first started, um,
0: how, how frequently were you, were you publishing blog posts? So I was a complete, uh, just a complete new to the blogging. Like, I mean, I was su- such a novice that like, I literally didn't even think to Google about blogging. I went to Barnes and Nobles and I said, point me in the direction where blogging books and I bought a book. And so I, I came home and I was reading this book on, on how to, how to blog. And, you know, it was, it was kind of gave me some insights, but it didn't give me a whole lot of information. So I finally went online and started looking for resources. And I found out about Rockstar Finance. And they had this V.I.B. program. And it was like a blog boosting program. And the owner of the program, I emailed him and I said, hey, I'd love to get into your program. And he's kind of like, Well, you know, you're only publishing like one post a month. And I'm like, if you let me in the program, I'll do whatever it takes. So if I got to publish one post a week, I'll publish one post. a week. So I started publishing one post a week and he let me into the group. And then once I got into the group, I realized if, you know, I want to make a real go of this and want to grow this out to anything that I'm going to have to publish more than one time a week. So Mm -hmm. two years ago in May, that's kind of when I launched it as a, you know, it's more like a side hustle business. I made a goal to get 56 case or uh, 50,000 sessions in May. And so I published one post a week and then I I try to at least maintain one post. I misspoke. Sorry. I tried to publish one post a day during weekdays and I try to continue with that publishing one post a day.
1: And is that what you're still doing today?
0: Well, today we've actually expanded. So I have a, a team, a, a wonderful team of some freelancers and people who help me out. And so now we're actually publishing multiple posts a day.
1: Oh, cool. Now, you, you mentioned leaving your day job. Is this your primary source of income? It is. That's awesome. And uh, I assume it's mostly ad generated revenue.
0: Yeah. So we make, uh, you know, we make in- income from a couple of different things one, sponsored posts and reviews. Uh, advertising, display advertising, and then some affiliate commissions. Okay. Yeah. That all makes sense.
1: That's awesome, man. I, I mean, in, in such a short time to have that level of success
0: is, is pretty amazing. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, we worked really hard at it. You know, when we first started it, my wife and I kind of talked about it and we said we were going to give it six months. And so what I said was, I'd rather work at something really hard for six months and give it everything. And find out if it's going to work or not, mm-hmm. then spend like years doing half, you know, half effort to find out if it's going to be a success or failure. So we just kind of went into it with this mindset that like, we're going to give it everything for six months and it was either going to make it or it wasn't. And yeah. right around that six month mark, we started getting like a little bit of a sense that it would, you know, kind of start doing something and it wasn't really until about like 9 months into it that we really saw started seeing enough traffic and everything that we thought well you know this may eventually be you know a full time thing down the road and even you know when i left my day job we weren't 100% where we needed to be you know revenue wise from the blog to replace my income by any means mm-hmm. but we just you know had a little bit of faith we had a little bit of money in the bank a little bit of faith and we said you know, let's try it.
1: Yeah, that's great. I mean, it, it's, it, it paid off, obviously. So that's fantastic. Um, you, the name is Your Money Geek. Was
0: that the name for the get-go? No. So there, um, that's actually kind of funny how that happened. So, so initially when the uh, marketing company launched the brand, they launched it under uh, my name because they thought that that would like kind of build up like some kind of celebrity or whatever, web celebrity or whatever, right, using my name. Mm-hmm. And I had another website that was for my practice that was kind of neglected. That was Your Money Geek. And I was actually operating the blog under MichaelDinage.net, And, you know, about nine months in, we kind of realized that, that that name Your Money Geek was, that other website we had was a better name for the brand than using my individual name so eventually we moved, merged the two sites and we moved all the content from net. we moved that all over to the yourmoneygeek.com url gotcha now i um i've checked
1: out the the blog and i noticed that it's a mix of like finance stuff and uh, like video games and geek stuff right so That's was correct.
0: was that always the case uh, no so it was always a little geeky so uh, going back to that, my mission to get a bunch of traffic in the, the first May, I was really kind of blogging. It, you know, I've always been a geek, but you know, I never really mixed my my passion for for, for geekery with you know <laughs> personal finance or anything. But I figured, you know, what's uh, there's a popular day in, in May, uh, May Fourth, for Star Wars fans, mm-hmm. and a lot of big websites like I see, like Business Insiders and Forbes, will sometimes do posts that are like quotes from Star Wars and how you can kind of apply them to your life. And so I kind of thought, well, you know, I'm a Star Wars fan, I know about personal finance, I should be able to make the best one of these mashups ever. (laughs) And so I just intended it to be like a one-time thing to go on the blog for Star Wars Day. Mm -hmm. And I ended up publishing that post and it did you know, really well. For, for me at the time, it relatively blew up. I got like 17,000, you know, people came and visited over a course of about a week and a half and it did really well. And so I just said, well, if everyone liked this roundup, you know, maybe they'd like another roundup. And so, you know, a few months later I did for uh, Independence Day, I did financial lessons from the movie Independence Day. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and again, just a fu- thanks, just a, just a fun <laughs> little thing. And then that was, you know, kind of it. And every now and again, like once in a while, I would do just like a little mashup or, or something. Mm-hmm. And then eventually, those mashups and everything started doing so well that I got to the point where I started expanding and actually doing some like video game reviews and different things. And and they would do they would do well. And then as we entered into, as we entered into this lockdown situation, I kind of thought. Well, you know, people might be a little moneyed out. I'm like, you know, the news sucks right now. Right. Everybody's just stressed out. So I was like, why don't I, I just put out a little more geek content with my personal finance content? And it just started blowing up, uh, you know, over over this kind of, you know, time frame of the lockdown and everything going on. And right. There was a couple of people uh, online looking, you know, some freelancers and people looking for work. And I said, Hey, you know, I'm doing okay right now. I'll hire a couple of posts out from some of these people and just kind of see what they can do and get a little extra geeky content on the blog. And everything just kind of started, fell in the place and started working. So we've been for, you know, basically the last month and a half now putting out four or five, you know, geek posts a week with our normal personal finance content.
1: I see. Yeah. You know, I've heard the phrase, the riches are in the niches. And um, obviously you're you're, forcing your niche down into uh, kind of like a geekier audience, right? I mean, that's, I think that's wonderful. And you're, um, I I don't know. I mean, I don't know if you would intentionally did it, but it it seems like you're going in that direction and and you're going to narrow your audience and probably get better engagement out of them.
0: Yeah. And we didn't really intend to do that. We kind of think ourselves as multi-niche because we kind of have the two arms and some people would think that that's kind of weird, right? Well, You have geek stuff and you have personal finance stuff. Uh, But I think it really stems back to my belief that everybody is interested in finance to some extent. Like not everyone, you know, not everyone's a personal finance groupie and they're going to go and subscribe to all the personal finance blogs and buy all the personal finance books. But I mean, if you tell pretty much anybody like, hey, show up in my house later this afternoon, I'm going to give you a thousand dollars. They're interested in that. Right? So, so on some level, everybody's interested in, in finance to some degree. So I think we've actually kind of melded the two kind of topics together a little bit because we just tell people like, hey, if you're interested in a gaming computer, you want to buy some new video games and stuff. Well, you know, here's some things you can do to help kind of, you know, pay for that. Or hey, you want to go on a vacation, you want to go check out these comic cons, you know, here's some neat ways you can save some money or make some more money and kind of pay for that. So Surprisingly, the two have kind of like one hand has washed the other and they both washed the face. The, the two kind of sides of the website have actually supported each other well. Yeah, that's great. Thank you.
1: Now, uh, of all the things you've done over the last couple of years with the blog, what do you think has been the, big, the biggest contributor to your success?
0: Oh, that's a that's a great question. Uh, I, probably the biggest contributor to the success has been willing to invest in the blog, even when it's maybe been like a little bit, a little bit painful. Uh, we will always reach in and we're constantly reinvesting in the blog. And what do you mean by I reinvest a lot of blog? Sure. So that would be, you know, maybe like doing something like doing press releases, like if you have some, if we have some exciting news going on, and doing a press release and actually paying for that to distribute press to kind of notify everybody about what's going on in the blog, uh, you know, buying uh, you know other URLs. We've actually gone and bought other blogs when we've had like a little extra money to increase traffic, and we've acquired those blogs and, and kind of brought their content over, hiring freelancers and hiring content when you know, maybe we couldn't, I couldn't turn out a post or didn't have the time, to write to the post, we would, you know, hire out some freelance, you know, some good quality freelancers to write the post. Uh, so I think it's really important to invest in it, invest in marketing ads, good software, you know, classic example, we, we, you know, we use, you know, Moz software for our SEO and keyword research. And I'll talk to a lot of bloggers and they just want to use you know the keyword research tools that are online that are free Mm -hmm. you know sometimes when things are free you still get you know you get what you pay for it's free for a reason (laughs) right there's a reluctance to spend money but if you want to make money and you know you don't you don't want to waste money of course but if you want to make money you got to spend a little bit of money and that's one thing we've always been willing to do i was willing to spend money to get into a mastermind group with people that could teach me things i didn't know I was willing to hire good people to fix things I didn't know how to do on my own. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think it's really important that you spend, you know, spend money. And even now, we still pour a lot of the money that we have in. We still, you know, reinvest it into the blog and into growing our blog.
1: Gotcha. You you talked about um, ads and such. Are do you do you run ads for your blog or is it like a lot of um, just organic growth or?
0: Which well, right parts? now, most of, most of our traffic is coming from Google and, and SEO and our email list. But we've actually spent, you know, you know, quite a bit of money growing our email list. So one thing that we've done that's been really successful for us in growing our email list has been offering giveaways. Mm-hmm. So we'll, you know, uh, offer a giveaway for a $250 Amazon card, a you know, Nintendo Switch, you know, $500 Amazon card, you know, depending on what's going on. We'll do giveaways and people enter our giveaways uh, with their email and then they you know, join our email list and then we're able to send them our blog posts. And so that's really allowed us to grow and expand the blog. And I know like a lot of times people you know, are reluctant to do something like a giveaway because they're like, well, if I, if I give away a $500 gift card, the people are only there to get the gift card. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, that's maybe true. You're, you're, you're buying an opportunity to get in front of people. And then you have to turn those, you have to work those leads. They're, you know, they're leads. You have to convince them that your content is worthwhile and they should stay on your email list and keep checking, you know, keep checking you out every day.
1: Right. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously you don't want to, uh, you know, give away the $500 to people who are not into geek things and, you know, someone who hates Star Wars and uh, hates finance. That's probably
0: not the person you're trying to get up on your list. But
1: as long as you're going
0: to you're going to get some of those. That just comes with doing a giveaway. You know, mm-hmm. you're going to get some of those, but what we've found and you I've tested like all kinds of different giveaways. I've tested like $50, a hundred dollars. I've tested just giving personal finance books. I've tested like just doing like a video game or something. And what we've actually found is giving a little higher, a little higher quality, you know, higher value gift, like a gift card you will get, you know, a little more people that are uninterested in what you're offering. But even after you kind of go through your list and start, you know, removing unsubscribes and everything after the contest is over, Mm -hmm. you'll still have a larger and better quality list, even if you have to remove a bunch of people opposed to if you just go, well, here's a free copy of this book.
1: Right. Yeah, that makes sense you you had talked about um a part of you know investing in the blog was hiring freelancers. I am completely ignorant on this whole freelancers and, and freelance writers um what what is like a typical freelancer's pay structure is it per word or something like that or i mean how do they how do they make money
0: it is so they they typically they typically charge per per word um with with a lot of the freelancers and you know Freelancing, you know, hiring freelancers has been a challenge because we found some amazing people, but we've also been burnt by a bunch of freelancers too, uh, unfortunately. So everyone, you know, kind of works a little bit different and, and some of them are really good and some of them, you know, are, are you know, not quite as good, mm-hmm. but they typically charge per word. And usually what we do uh, with the freelancers is I kind of joke around that they they write the middles. So we'll kind of talk to them and say, Hey, this is this topic we're kind of looking at, you know, what would you charge, you know, the right, you know, this kind of middle to, you know, this middle of the post, if you will, the meat of the post to our specifications. And then we go in and we, you know, add the intro and the outro and maybe adjust it and, you know, expand upon what they've given us. So, yeah. uh, and, and we tried the freelancers that we have now, we, we try to cultivate a really, you know, a great relationship with them. So even though they typically charge per word, we also give them like little bonuses and everything and usually oftentimes a little extra money for the posts because, you know, the ones that we're working with now, especially are just doing an amazing job. Yeah, you want to incentivize them to stick around, obviously. Absolutely.
1: Now, before you started this
0: blog, did you write at all? I mean, were you a writer? No, I would have, I mean, I would, have, if you told me I would be a writer, uh, and I, I, you know, I would just would have joked if you ever tried to tell me I could have been a blog before I kind of got, you know, tossed into it, I would have been like, no, I'm not a writer. I can't do it. Uh, I still don't even really consider myself a great writer. Uh, but I've definitely noticed like my, you know, writings improved. Like I can look back at things I've written a year ago and see what's wrong with them now. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think writing is, you know, it's something you, you know, I think most people, if you're not writing. You think it's a skill you're either born with it or or you have it or you don't but you know blogging and in particularly blog writing is really a skill that can be learned you know it, it just requires kind of doing it and I, I think pretty much anybody can do it if you have a unique perspective unique angle unique story you can tell i think pretty much anybody can go out there and write a great blog post
1: yeah i i find that podcasting is fairly similar right i mean it's uh I mean, I'm guessing compared to the first episode, however many back that was, I'm a little bit better. And then in a year or two years from now, I'm going to look back and cringe on these earlier episodes and say, wow, I really sucked back then. But hey, I I grew a lot. That's right.
0: And, and, (laughs) And, you know, and I think one of the things is a lot of times people compare themselves, like a lot of podcasters like yourself will compare themselves to big podcasters and where they are now. And what you really have to compare yourself to is those big podcasters or those big bloggers and where they were when they started. Right. And we all started in that cringe-worthy territory where you're like, Oh my God, I didn't realize I was that bad back then. And it's yeah. just, it's just the evolution and the progression of things.
1: Yeah. I've heard somewhere I read that you, you're you going, you're, you're going to suck. So you might as well get it out of your system, right? Get, get all the bad stuff out of your system. But uh, if you don't start, then you can't even be bad. So you have to get started to be bad. And then you have to get through the bad to be good. That's right. Looking back on the last two years, what was your biggest challenge in getting to where you are?
0: Um, you know, probably the biggest challenge was, was my, you know, I'm, I'm not a particularly patient person. So I want, you know, like, if I <laughs> and I still do this, like, if I publish like a blog post, I want like 50 million people to read it tomorrow. I don't want to wait like 10 weeks for Google to like, you know, start ranking the post. So Like I'm I'm very, you know, kind of impatient and I want to just kind of see this thing kind of blow up really fast. And so sometimes I get down on myself because it's kind of like, you know, I feel like things should be going a little bit better than they are. Not that, you know, things aren't going well, but I just like think they should be going better. And I think Google should be, you know, recognize showering my posts with love faster than they are. And and sometimes, sometimes that can be kind of, kind of tough. And so I think that was a big challenge, uh, you know, for me was just dealing with the impatience. And and then also too, um, I've been blessed to have been mentored by a lot of really great bloggers, like big bloggers. And, you know, they know what works for them. And I remember like last January, I was talking to a big blogger who was giving me some advice and he came down pretty, pretty heavily against like the geek side of my blog and really got into my headspace. And I was like, oh, if what, you know, he knows more than I do because he's bigger than me and he's saying I shouldn't do this. And I had almost like moved, I almost considered like just moving away from the geek side and letting that just you know, not expanded it anymore. Mm-hmm. And looking back on it now, like the geek side of the blog is what's allowed us to grow during this whole lockdown period. If I didn't have that, you know, we would be in a much different situation today. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think the one thing is, you know, it's been battling the impatience and then also just being really careful with, you know, who you kind of listen to, like right. listen to what everybody says and see if you can apply it. But also, if that doesn't apply to you, just kind of let it go in one year and out the other, because you know the same things aren't going to work for everybody. Yep. And If you want to stand out, you have to do things a little bit different.
1: Yeah, I. Uh, it's a tangent, but I'm big time into martial arts, and uh, one of the style that that my that I'm learning, it's under this uh, umbrella called Kembo. It's this kind of mashup of stuff, and it started in Hawaii with these guys that were, uh, they were kind of like four different styles came together in the street and said, Hey, let's all be friends and teach each other. But when we learn, let's just throw out the stuff that sucks and just use the stuff. That's awesome. Right? Like let's take in all the input and then throw it out. And uh, that kind of has filtered down through the years in the style. So everything I do there is about, you know, learn this thing. And then, okay, you know what, this doesn't work so well for me. Like my body mechanics or my, my size or shape, I can't do this. I'm not going to use it, but thanks for showing me. And I think that's, you know, this is exactly the same thing you're talking about, you know, in, in business and in life. It's like you should listen to advice from people, but then ultimately you need to filter it out and do what's right for you. Yeah, absolutely. I love that analogy. That's perfect. So what's been like the lowest point of the whole thing?
0: Um oh boy, there's been there's been a couple there's been a a, a couple lows. Um uh, the blogging community, uh probably one thing in particular, the, the blogging community is uh is, is a little bit, you know, particularly in personal finance, the blogging community can be a little cliquish. Um, and so if you're not kind of in, if you're not in a certain kind of circles, sometimes you're a little bit of an outsider. And I had did, I had uh, a review of a blogging product. And a lot of, you know, it was maybe a little harsh, maybe a little harsher than it should have been, but a little bit of it was done tongue in cheek. And I, I think that that got, missed a little bit. And that's a failure on my part. Uh, but when I had published that review, uh, a lot of people who had used that particular blogging product really kind of came out uh, against me on that. Hmm. And, you know, we have thick skin, you know, it's a business, it's a blog, we're all going to have different opinions and everything. But, you know, they came after me kind of personally, they know started reaching out to my wife on Twitter and everything uh reaching out to us on on facebook and and that was particularly ugly and and it was like a little you know upsetting unfortunately and you know that really had even you know got us thinking you know should we take the post down At, at some point it almost even made us want to kind of give up on blogging uh just because it was so negative but luckily i kind of turned that around by just distancing myself from the personal finance blogging community as crazy as that sounds. Cause uh, I just had to step back and step away from it. And I just kind of like unfollowed all the personal finance bloggers on social media that uh, weren't like friends directly that I would kind of consider. Right. And it turned out that was like the best thing I could possibly have done. So now instead of you know goofing around with other personal finance bloggers and commenting on their blogs and, and doing, wasting my time on things that ultimately wouldn't be productive. I was able to just take that time and just bury it into growing my blog and growing it in the way I want and trying to build better connections with the people who are my readers, which are not personal finance bloggers. My readers are people who, and we could jokingly say, you know, it's for people, a blog for people who are not personal finance junkies, right? right. They're just regular people that Want to have some fun, but they also want to find some free money, save some extra money, you know, retire someday, you know, and just have a little better financial life.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's a great lesson there. I mean, I've heard other people say that if you um, if you start publishing on the internet, at some point you're going to offend someone, and then people are going to start attacking you. There's always going to be someone that doesn't like you for something, and. You just have to kind of get used to it and adjust to it. And I think that, you know, what you were saying about turning that negative experience into kind of a refocus to, to double down and get your, uh, you know,
0: more value to your customers. I think that's, that's amazing. Yeah. And something about the, and we talked earlier before the show about bullying and, you know, how our kids, are, you know, my kids are being you know bullied and stuff in school. And I think it's just something about culture today. Um, And and maybe I'm just not as familiar with it because, you know, prior to getting blogging, I wasn't really on social media. I just wasn't really into that kind of stuff. But, you know, I've just kind of noticed that there's this really kind of like bullying kind of culture uh, with social media. And I think part of it's because of the political climate and everyone's just mad at everybody else. I think part of it's because of the omnipity of just being online, that people can say things that, you know, online that hopefully they want to say to people on their faces. Yeah. And unfortunately, people get, you know, quite nasty. Oh, yeah. It's one thing to have a different opinion with people, you know, have a different opinion, disagree with, the, you know, what I say, that's fine. I encourage that, you know, write your own blog post and write about why I'm wrong. But let's just, you know, we should all be able to keep things nice and civil, like, you know, you don't know what other people are going through in their lives. So, you know, why kind of be miserable to everybody? Just try to be, you know, as nice as you can to as many people as you can. And, you know, let's not kind of feed this negativity.
1: Yep. Very well said. Um, So th- we talked about, you know, that's the low point, kind of this, this bullying thing. Um, what, what's been like the best thing about not working for the man anymore and just having this, this freedom? What, what's the best thing for you?
0: You know, I think that the the best thing is that I'm home, you know, all all the time. Um, You know, back when I was was working, I would drive to different offices. And a lot of times I would sometimes just see the kids real quick in the morning, uh, you know, before they go to school. And then, uh, you know, drive to the office and I'd come home, you know, late. And sometimes I'd even work late nights and I would barely have enough time to tuck the kids in, in bed at night. And so I think the most meaningful thing to me is that like I'm home now. So like I'm home here in the morning, you know, when the kids are getting ready for school, you know, we can have breakfast, we can spend time with them. I'm, you know, done every day by five o'clock. So one thing we found that we really had to do, because I tend to be a little bit of a workaholic is I went to start, you know, I made an office in the basement and I go and work in my office in my basement. I treat it like a job when five o'clock's done, No matter where I am with what I'm kind of doing, I shut it off and I just go upstairs and then we have dinner as a family and watch a little TV, maybe play some games and everything. It's just you know the most rewarding thing to me is being able to do that and not have to worry about going traveling and going to offices and you know missing things with the children.
1: Yeah, and that takes some some amazing strength to uh, to walk away right in the middle of something
0: at five o'clock. So that's that's impressive. It does. I, but I, 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 try to be real, real good with it. Some, sometimes I will squeak out to like four, you know, five, 15 or, or so, but I really try to avoid it. So I'm not, I'm not uh, letting dinner get cold.
1: Yeah. now As someone who's been working at home for the last 10 or 10 plus years, I, I can relate completely. And, and I agree that pretty much the best part for me of working from home is being home where my kids are there. You know, my kids are, are younger. So, um, I've had the opportunity I mean I was working at home when my first kid was born and had the opportunity to be there all through the baby years and everything and it's been you know a, a huge blessing for me to do that,
0: so that's that's great yeah i wish I wish I had probably if i if I have any regret in life it's I wish I would have done this sooner <laughs> i I just didn't know and, 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 and until you kind of experience it you you just don't have a sense of what it's like making online, and I think probably uh had I had an opportunity to think about all this opposed to getting tossed into it, I probably would have had like irrational fears about working from home or working online that most people would have like, well you know how do you make money? It just feels like if you go out you know thinking back to my mindset prior to this, it feels like well if you go outside to make your money and you need more money, then you just you can go outside and somehow do something to make more money. But what we found is actually the inverse of that. We found it's actually easier to make money online than it is, you know, than it is, you know, going out and doing work. Yeah. You know, when we, you know, need a little extra, you know, money coming in, maybe because the dog got sick or something, you know, we can maybe drop the price a little bit for a sponsored post and bring in an advertiser or reach out to somebody and say, hey, can, um, you know, are you interested? And maybe, you know, doing some advertising, or could I do some social media marketing for you? Uh, back in the earlier days, uh, when I was, you know, left my day job, we're still building up the blog. I did a little bit of freelance writing for a couple other blogs, just to bring in a little extra money to kind of, you know, give us more wiggle room when we're working at home. So one, that's the thing I think that's been the most surprising to me is actually, you know, if you're willing to do the work and you build something, you know, there's actually, there's opportunities online to make money. You just have to go kind of looking for them.
1: Right. Well, and you know, if you contrast that with working for the man, you know, it's very difficult to make more money when all you have is a day job, especially if you're salaried. I mean, there's what are you going to do,
0: right? There's no overtime. You're out of luck. And that's right. It's just, you know, calling up more clients or whatever, hoping that you can, you know, bring more people in or getting a, a second job. And you can do those things. You can do those things online, and hopefully, maybe that's one thing we learn a little bit from this lockdown or whatever is now everybody's at home. You know, they can use this, you know, as an opportunity to go online and and you know start building up some sources of income.
1: Yep. Yeah. I mean, I, I started this podcast during this lockdown, right? So it's 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 not that old, and it's um, you know, I, I might people might think I'm nuts. Why are you starting a podcast during a lockdown? But it it kind of just made sense to me because you've got everyone sitting at home board. It's probably a lot easier to get someone to to talk to me than, than it would have been a year ago. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, speaking of the lockdown, has that, um, you know, you've mentioned that you've pivoted a little bit to, um, to more, more geek content. Is that like the biggest um, impact it's had on you? I mean, tell me about how, how it's affecting
0: you. Uh, Well, it's, it, it has impacted us in a, in, a, in a few ways, some positive ways and some kind of, you know, negative ways. So um, it's like sponsored posts, you know, people hiring us to like review their product and that type of thing. I mean, that's virtually shut down. Uh, we had one or two people kind of reach out to us. And, you know, I think that they came in with offers that are well below, you know, what would be reasonable for us to do the work. And I think I almost think they did it in an exploitative way hoping they were going to accept those offers and so we just kind of you know politely turned them away for now so you know it, it's cut that kind of you know revenue down a little a little bit also display advertising revenues down a little bit you know the uh brands just aren't spending as much on marketing in as they were uh, also like if you have content that has like COVID 19 or you know lockdown or certain words or terminology into it a lot of advertisers are actually cutting back or refusing to advertise on those type of posts because they don't want to be seen as like taking advantage of the situation so ironically that's made it really hard for us to release kind of timely content and be able to make something from you know make some money off of it off of content that's actually going to help people right So, you know, that's been a little bit of a challenge, but the silver lining has been that people are home and that they're reading. And so our traffic is up about 30% since the beginning of the lockdown. And then even this week, we're up, you know, about uh, 20% above uh, our old, our, our new kind of normal based off of this. So traffic is up, we're getting more views on page. And so what we've, you know, lost in sponsored posts, we're making up for an affiliate revenue. So we've been able to hold our own in, in all of this and keep producing out content and having fun while still, you know, sharing people with people unique ways, to, you know, to make some extra money online. If you could go back and give yourself any advice when you started out, what would it be? I think the I mean, I guess for when I started blogging, yeah. Um, I, you know, I think that the, the, the biggest advice I would give myself is, you know, um, you know, just be a little more patient. Right. You know, I think that, you know, I got frustrated early on with how long things take. And we actually run uh, with Steve, who was on your show, him and I together with another uh, gentleman, Fred, we run a blogging mastermind group where we help bloggers you know, grow the same way that we've all grown our blogs. And, you know, I see the same thing with them a lot of times too, you know, they've maybe been doing it for a year, they've been doing it for two years and they get frustrated because they're not where they want to be, you know, income wise, or they're not killing it, you know, in their own minds, the way they see these like bloggers. And there's always this blogger out there that's like, you know, hey, I made a million dollars in one day blogging, right? And you know, a lot of times these people will judge themselves by those standards and they get a little bit of you know a little frustrated. So I think the big thing would just to be, you know, encourage myself to be a little more patient and also anybody coming into this, a little more patient. You know, it could take, you know, you're building a blog, it's like building a business. It could take a couple of years to you know get to where you want to be. You can speed that up a little bit by working harder, but then also it just takes time. It's kind of like you know uh, a pregnancy you can't you know speed up a pregnancy by assigning more women to it it's going (laughs) to take nine months right yep so there's a certain element to this to blogging where it's just going to take some time you know it takes time you know google wants to see that you're around and you're in for the long haul and you're committed right so it's just it takes a little bit of time even if you're willing to work really really hard so i think that would be my advice to myself just be a little more patient yeah and and i think that same advice can apply to Uh, anyone creating
1: content online with the intent to eventually make money. I mean, this podcast is, is no different than a blog. It's just spoken. And the, you know, the, the growth curve is, is very, very slow on, on such a thing. And, uh, you know, obviously, like you said, you, you want it to be like tonight. I mean, I, I may record an episode tonight, tomorrow I have a million listeners and, you know, now I can start advertising or, you know, whatever to, you know, to make some extra money. And, that's not the case. So yeah, it's, it's, it's awesome advice. And, you know, I think it, it even helps me to hear it. So that's great. Good,
0: Michael, how are you helping other people right now? Oh, that's a great question. We, we actually launched an initiative, uh, kind of stole the idea from a blogger that I respect a ton, physician under fire. He's an amazing blogger. And he wrote this uh, blog post talking about how he's donating 100% 100% of his revenue to COVID-19 relief, the uh, 100% of revenue earned during a certain period of time to COVID-19 relief. And so I kind of reached out to him and I asked him, hey, can I steal your idea? I'm not in a situation where I can give away 100% of my revenue, but would you mind if I stole your idea and gave away 25% of my revenue? And he's like, not only do I think that's a great idea, I will match the money you raise. Oh wow, that's so awesome. he's he's going to match everything that we raise, twenty percent. So if we raise a thousand dollars, he'll chip in two hundred dollars, and then we're going to take the money that we raise. We're going to give it to him because you know he's a much bigger blogger, and then he's going to go ahead and dull it out to the charities and everything for COVID nineteen relief. Really. So that's amazing. Th- this is a really cool thing. We have a, a blog post on our. Thank you. We have a blog post on our blog. It's called Gaming for COVID-19 Relief. And basically what it is, is you read the blog post and there's multiple games or uh, free to download apps that you can go and you can either play the game or download the app or read a couple blog posts on our blog. So everything is free. It doesn't cost anybody any money to do any of this. But if you go to that post and either play some of the games, download some of the apps or read some of the blog posts, we're going to donate 25% of all that revenue and the revenue that we earn, we're going to donate it to a physician on fire who is then going to match it and donate it to charities.
1: Yeah. That's amazing. Michael, where can my, uh, where can my listeners go to learn more about you?
0: Sure. So they can go to my website. It's your, your moneydeek.com. All right. And uh, great.
1: So, You know, this has been a great talk and I really appreciate you coming on the show. Um, Thanks so much for having me and uh, take care. All right. Thank you. You too. Great episode, right? Hey, I'd appreciate it if you go tell a friend about the podcast. Let's spread the word and get some more listeners on here. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you and I'll see you next time.